In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents Donald Trump with a, a stain on our country. I am someone's daughter, too. That's what I'm so help me God. Congratulations, Mr. President. The Betches Sup Podcast. Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Caitlin Bird. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Today, we are so thrilled to be here with Congressman Amandere Jones, who represents New York's 17th district. Thank you so much for being with us. How are you doing on this scorching June day? It is a scorching, humid June day, and I'm doing well. I'm leading in the fight to save our democracy, and nothing feels better than that. I know. Looking at you wearing a suit, just I feel like I'm sweating on my upper lip just looking at it. Well, earlier today, I was at the Supreme Court with a bunch of activists pushing to pass the For the People Act. We had Senator Raphael Warnock there. Uh, We had Senator Amy Klobuchar there and organizations like End Citizens United. Uh, And we did not care about the heat or the humidity. We were caring about saving the right to vote in this country. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that gets you fired up already. Mm -hmm. Fired up on a hot day. (laughs) Fired up on a hot day. So to start off, we want to focus with you on H.R. 1 because you've just been one of the most vocal and focused uh, members on this issue. But we wanted to first start with you were sworn in about six months ago, right? At most jobs, there's like a mid-year check-in with H.R. or your manager. Let's pretend that that's here with us today. How are you feeling? Is there anything you think H.R. should know about or any of your colleagues making you uncomfortable? How are you doing? Um I'm trying to think who, who, who would be the HR person? Is it Nancy Pelosi? I don't know. <laughs> um, look, I, I mean, as you just alluded to, four days after being sworn in, I was uh, caught up in the violent insurrection at the Capitol and, and, and unfortunately nearly died in the, in the, in the House chamber uh, that day, which is a feeling I never felt before. Um, but, you know, we, we persist. We, we, we fight the fights of our lives, uh, which is what we're doing right now as, as voter suppression proliferates. Uh, thank God we took back the Senate based on what happened in Georgia uh, with these incredible new allies uh, and Senator Warnock and, and Senator Ossoff. Um, I'm feeling good. I will say that that op-ed by Manchin on Sunday uh, was, was devastating. Yeah. But I have to... I have to believe that he can still be persuaded to do the right thing because uh, the alternative is something none of us want to imagine. I, I feel like you have to be the first person at their midway, mid-year review to cite an attack on the office as kind of your main issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, some people would like to forget that happened, but not, not here. We yeah. don't forget that yeah. here either. 
So as we said, we wanted to talk to you today because you've been one of the most focused members on voting rights legislation. And finally, this big conversation about HR1 that you've been having all year, but I think a lot of people are finally starting to get it on, has come into the mainstream and there's really some action that could happen. The fate of this bill took a hit this weekend, potentially after Senator Joe Manchin, as you mentioned, wrote that he won't support it, nor will he end the filibuster to do so. Obviously a lot to unpack here. I mean, to start, I guess, can you give us an overview of what's at stake here? I mean, what you have been, I don't want to say what would you say to Joe Manchin because you have been communicating with him via Twitter, correcting his statements, offering to edit his op-eds because I don't think anybody did. Uh, <laughs> what in your view is really at stake here? All of the things you need quality staff to help you do. Um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that no one on my team would ever allow me to write an op-ed like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, we. Uh, so, look, our democracy is in crisis. The violent insurrection at the Capitol on January 6th told us that. Uh, so did just hours later, uh, two-thirds of my House Republican colleagues still voting to overturn that free and fair presidential election from last November. Uh, and then more recently, uh, not getting 10 Republican senators to vote in favor of the creation of a bipartisan commission to investigate the events of January 6th. Uh, we see racist voter suppression bills enacted in places like Georgia and Florida in recent months. Uh, we know that in Texas, democracy narrowly survived about a week or so ago. Uh, and it's just a matter of time before, uh, you know, uh, things take a, a bad turn in that state. Uh, and yeah. this is because the modern day Republican Party knows that it cannot compete on the merits of its deeply unpopular policy ideas. I mean, just look at the American Rescue Plan that not a single Republican voted for, yet 80 percent of the American people supported. Uh, instead, the party has to pivot to disenfranchising large numbers of the American electorate, specifically black and brown people, uh, young people and working people uh, who collectively created a multiracial, multi-generational uh, coalition that ushered in democratic majorities in 2020. Uh, and now we've got to use this opportunity when we can, because we've only got a few months left with, part, with uh, redistricting happening and that which is a drawing of congressional seats those maps throughout this country uh, and because of this practice of partisan gerrymandering republicans are able to and will continue to draw districts that elect fringe candidates like marjorie taylor green and louis gomer and jim jordan to congress they're guaranteed victory in general elections based on the way this th these districts are drawn simply because they've prevailed in Republican primaries. Uh, and so we've got a bill that would fix it. I feel like I'm Elizabeth Warren right now. I've got a plan, I've got a plan for that, right? Like, and, it, and it's like the only plan that actually would work. Yeah. It's called the For the People Act. It would end partisan gerrymandering of congressional districts and replace that process with independent redistricting commissions. Uh, it would root out big money in politics uh, through establishing public financing of congressional elections so that people aren't beholden to corporations and so that we can finally get things like a $15 minimum wage mm -hmm. and get these idiots out of Congress who <laughs> dare to question the need for $2,000 survival checks in the midst of the worst economic crisis since the Great Depression. Uh, and it would go further by establishing automatic voter registration 
which would register an additional 50 million people nationally. Uh, so this is required. It would also undo the voter suppression that we're seeing um, because it would it would establish federal standards for like autumn with vote by mail and and early voting periods and stuff like that. No other bill would do that. Not even the John Lewis Voting Rights Act would do that. It's why it's of foundational importance that we pass this bill. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. So what do you make of the fact that Manchin co-sponsored the For the People Act in 2019, but now he's rejecting it uh, because Republicans won't support it? I, I think we need more people in Congress for whom policy is personal. Right. So I don't have the privilege of conditioning the right to vote in this country on bipartisan support. <laughs> you, know? So, you know, I'm like, you know, the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act directly bears on my life as a black man in America. OK, uh, the, the, the Equality Act, which would finally enshrine protections for the LGBTQ plus community and federal anti-discrimination law is deeply personal for me as someone who under federal law can get evicted from my home can be discriminated against in the lending context and in the educational context and so many other contexts. 
Uh, and I just I, I wish that other people brought that same kind of urgency to these issues because they really do impact hundreds of millions of Americans um, and are required to, to perfect this union that we have where we promise to be a nation where there is equality under the law. But clearly that is not true. And so, you know, for the uh, for the for the distinguished senator from West Virginia to not even, you know, call out anything that he doesn't agree with in the For the People Act in that op-ed and yet still say, I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to vote for a bill that that I guess in theory would have to have 10 Republican voting forward in the Senate in order for it to overcome the filibuster, which he says he doesn't want to change, really misses this moment and, and fundamentally misunderstands this moment where the other side, the Republican Party, is is like uniformly committed to disenfranchisement. I mean, the voter suppression we are seeing is falling along partisan lines. And so you can't ask the same people who are suppressing the right to vote and disenfranchising people to then cooperate with you to undo the voter suppression that urgently needs to be undone if we are to have a democracy moving forward. Uh, and let me just say that, like, what is happening right now has long-term implications, not just in terms of who gets to have a majority in 2022 in Congress, but who's going to have majorities in Congress in January of 2025, when I hope that there is a president of the United States on the Democratic side who gets elected and who will need to go to Congress to be certified president of the United States. Uh, you know, the, these people, the Republicans, are, are, are setting themselves up to overturn a November 2024 presidential election. Yeah, speaking of the long-term implications, you know, of, of this, uh, I've always feel like we're living history to some degree. You know, like our, what our predecessors did set us up for where we are today. And, you know, um, we're doing the same for those who will come after us. Um, you've spoken about how HR1 will be crucial in a third reconstruction process. And obviously, I, I'm aware of the first two. Uh, do you want to mind like elaborating on like, first of all, I love that you gave it a number, but like, where, like why it's the third one and where, where your process is on that? Twice before in our nation's history, as I wrote in that Washington Post op-ed a month or so ago, uh, people of good conscience have tried to create a multiracial democracy, a true multiracial democracy. And twice before, uh, those people of good conscience have unfortunately failed. Uh, the first Reconstruction followed the Civil War in the 1800s. And we saw for the first time uh, Black people in particular get elected to Congress. And we saw passage of things like the 15th Amendment, which, by the way, fell along partisan lines. Uh, and, the, and, and, and in fact, no, not a single Democrat, because Democrats were different in the 1800s, voted for the 15th Amendment. And our republic in that environment was actually strengthened for our having passed the fundamental right to vote in the 15th Amendment, uh, which means that you should not condition the right to vote on whether someone of the other party is going to vote for it, right? Uh, but, but there was blowback in the form of what's called Jim Crow, literacy tests, all types of stuff. Uh, and then folks 
of good conscience try to, again, as part of the second reconstruction, build a true multiracial democracy. And that is the civil rights movement, what we know to be the civil rights movement. We did things like pass the Voting Rights Act of 1965, the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which we're still trying to improve upon through the Equality Act, for example, which would add protections for sexual orientation and gender identity and federal anti-discrimination law. Um, but still, uh, because of uh, voter suppression and frankly, backlash, white backlash, uh, we, we did not achieve a true multiracial democracy. And so here's our third chance in, in what ought to be the third reconstruction uh, to do things like ensure the fundamental right to vote for all eligible citizens in this country, uh, to ensure that everyone has health care uh, in the richest nation in the history of the world, uh, to yeah. end racist mass incarceration. Uh, and Unfortunately, we have not yet done that, but we still can. But only if we fight for it and only if uh, people like Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema meet the scale of the crises that we face, uh, including the worst economic situation since the Great Depression, uh, and, and actually use their abilities as duly elected members of the United States Senate to vote in the best interest of the American people. As you mentioned, Joe Manchin didn't make any arguments against H.R. 1 in his op-ed. Uh, he did make some arguments against the filibuster, which you debunked in a Twitter thread this week. I mean, we, this is just sort of the question we've been getting at the whole interview and I, on this podcast every day, which is just what is it going to take to convince one man that he is the only thing standing in the way of us in a true democracy? I mean, I'm at the point where it's like, do we give up and just swarm Lisa Murkowski now? It's like we just need one person at this point to understand that. In my view, it's like they have a chance to, like, gild their legacy forever. We're giving them a gift. What is it going to take, Congressman? And, and, and for that reason, this, this idea of legacy, <clears throat> I really have to believe that we can make progress on this front with respect to, to that senator and the senator from Arizona. Uh, and maybe a few others, Jackie Rosen today said that she doesn't support uh, eliminating the filibuster. And she's from Nevada. Uh, I, I, I worry that there are some other folks who are hiding behind yeah. them. Uh, but, mm -hmm. but at least 49 Democrats, which is literally everybody except for Joe Manchin, have co-sponsored the For the People Act. And mm -hmm. so, you know, right now we, we've, we've got one man standing in the way of, of American democracy. Um, I don't think he wants his legacy to be that of the senator who, who, who blocked voting rights in this country. I don't think he wants to be defined as the person who allowed American democracy to be transformed into an autocracy when he had the opportunity to do something about it. Uh, because make no mistake, what, what stands in the way, you know, the alternative to American democracy are the, are the insurrectionists and people who affiliate with him uh, running the show, right? I mean, these are, these are whites, this was a white supremacist led domestic terrorist attack on January 6th uh, that still only led to a handful of people voting to impeach the president on the Republican side. Uh, and, and that still only led to a handful of people voting to investigate 
on the Republican side. Uh, and so it's just the, the stakes cannot be greater. And I think for the, for that reason, we have to have the president of the United States, who's not been part of this conversation, unfortunately, and certainly not enough. Right. Uh, use whatever resources he has available to him, which is should be literally everything as the most powerful person. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's we've been we've been so scared of the president being so powerful for four years. I feel like it's time for us to like get some benefit from it. Especially with a member of his own party, right? Like, do you think Donald Trump would have let <laughs> Republicans in the Senate block his agenda? No, no. We, these people literally held a Supreme Court seat open for 14 consecutive months. Yeah. And then went back on the rule that they created to rush through the confirmation of and, Amy Coney Barrett. And they called it the I mean, Biden like they, rule mm-hmm. on top of it. Like, like you, you kind of would hope that at some point, you know, that uh, our president would take out the, the big guns, as it were. It's, if it's not enough for this, if this is not enough, like, what is the situation right. that calls for him to say, like, I've been in the Senate for over 30 years. I respect the institution. Everyone knows I'm an institutionalist. The filibuster needs to go. And for him to stand up and say that, like, do you think that would be something that would that would galvanize, as it were, a Democrat, the Democratic coalition behind that? I think so. I, th- I think we have to start with voting rights. Uh, you know, I, you know, I, I'm. I'm cognizant that given where people have staked out their position, the, 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 the middle ground for them uh, would, would be making an exception to the filibuster for the purpose of uh, protecting the right to vote. And then we move and then we move from there. But, you know, if, if there's anything, you know, for these people who rail, who, who talk about the filibuster protecting minority rights, which is like completely ahistorical, by the way. Um, given the way it's been weaponized to block civil rights legislation, including voting rights legislation today. Mm -hmm. Uh, You would think that like following this, the same logic of being concerned about minority rights, they would act or make an exception for the purpose of protecting the right to vote in this country. Uh, So that's, that's, that's where I am right now. I I have been very clear about abolish the need to abolish the filibuster, Mm -hmm. but like if we are to make an exception, Senator Manchin, uh, it, it would have to be for this thing that is the pathway to all other nice things. Yes. Also, just just to underscore our previous point about sort of, I guess, Republican audacity plus how bad the filibuster is. Is it not true that the Republicans in the Senate filibustered to block an LGBTQ equality bill? In, during Pride Month yesterday, you, you know I don't I don't know that the that the bill has mm-hmm. gotten a vote yet, but I think it will be getting a vote this month. Yeah. Uh, okay, because, as you know, it's Pride Month. Obviously, yesterday was the Paycheck Fairness Act, and that was filibustered. Okay. Unfortunately, yeah. absolutely, there's something that would you know that would work to end the pay disparity, um, but between men and women in this country, you know, Senator Schumer you know, mentioned that women on average make 82%, excuse me, 82 cents for every dollar that men make. And when you're a woman of color, it's even worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and unfortunately, we couldn't even overcome the filibuster for that. So like, you know, what are we even doing? What are we even doing? Exactly. We should you know, I, I will say House Democrats have done their job. Okay, we have, we have passed yes. all, that is true. all types of legislation. George Floyd, Justice and Policing, the Equality Act, before the People Act, 
you know, we have been doing the lion's share of the work to deliver for the American people. And now we need to send it to rise to the occasion. Yeah. Speaking of that, our last question for you, because this is by far one of the most animating topics for our audience and something that you have talked about how, frankly, simple it could be to get this done. Can you please talk to somebody at your office about canceling our student loan debt? <laughs> you know, this is this is so simple. And I think the argument is even even stronger today than it was before Manchin wrote his op-ed. You know, here you are uh, seeing your agenda blocked uh, because of a Democratic senator from West Virginia. The, the least you could do Truly. To, to deliver for the American people is something like cancel student debt, which you can use your executive authority to do, right? There's something called the Higher Education Act that literally gives the Secretary of Education the ability to modify, including cancel, federally owned loans. And that is precisely what the vast majority of student debt is in this country. It's federally owned. Uh, And so, you know, this is a racial justice issue. This is a gender justice issue. This is an LGBTQ justice issue. I mean, the uh, the average LGBTQ person has $16,000 more than uh, than their counterparts, uh, you know, in part because, you know, they don't have the kind of familial supports on average. So it's just, it, it really is extraordinary that that has not happened, that it was not reflected in the president's budget. Um, but I think we can get to that place if we continue to advocate for it because the authority is clear. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for your time, Congressman. We're so appreciative for your time and for everything you're doing and for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care. Thank you. Until the end of democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Caitlin Bird. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast. The Betches Sup Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to suppod at Betches.com. Betches.